The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of love. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and sacrament this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered community here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us here in Marsh Chapel. Upon this World Communion and International Student Sunday, we welcome the preaching of the Word of God through the voice of our university chaplain for international students, Ms. Jessica Chica, under the ecumenical theme, Sharing in the Spirit. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also. May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. Lesson from the St. Paul's Epistle to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. 
Please join me in reading verses from Psalm along with the antiphon. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from O old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide from them their children. We will tell the coming of generation, the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. In the sight of their ancestors, he has worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it, and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with the cloud, and all night long with the fiery light. Split rocks open in the wilderness, and gave them the drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Please rise as you're able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. Glory to you. O Lord. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, 
By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. So then, so they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Good morning. It is an honor and a privilege to be sharing the word with you from the pulpit of Marsh Chapel again. Uh, thank you to Dean Hill for this opportunity and my colleagues here at Marsh Chapel for their support in organizing today's worship service, especially our anthems from the choir for the service today. Fantastic. I want to invite you to take a moment to think about the best dinner you've ever had. I don't necessarily mean the meal you ate, and maybe that's a part of it, but the best dinner experience you've ever had. I'm almost sure that this dining experience you're remembering right now is with at least one other person, maybe a whole table full of people. How did you feel? What did you talk about? Maybe your dinner was a part of a celebration for a birthday or an anniversary. Maybe it was at a, fa a family holiday gathering. Maybe it was with friends out at a restaurant, or maybe it was a home-cooked meal made by a family member. There is something about that dinner that sticks with you, a connection made, an emotion felt, an experience that cannot be forgotten. Every Tuesday night, in this building, something wonderful and amazing happens. Onions are chopped, sometimes with tears. Dough is kneaded and shaped. Chickpeas ground, tomatoes sliced, garlic sauteed. Simple ingredients are turned into a meal. And while all of this is happening, people gather. Some of us are in the kitchen, learning how to make whatever dish is on the menu that night. Some of us stand just inside or outside the doorway into the kitchen, carrying on conversation with those who are cooking, and others gather just down the hall, conversing about the week so far, and playing the occasional game of Jenga. We all come from different backgrounds. Some of us are from neighboring towns in Massachusetts, some are from the South or the West, some from China or Mexico or India or Nigeria. The places we know as home might differ, 
but in our interactions, we create a new place of belonging for ourselves. Global Dinner Club has grown in the last two years as an opportunity for hospitality and understanding across cultural differences as members of the Boston University community come together to share a meal and conversation. Most students, when they first come, ask the same question. You do this every week? For free? Yes, a home-cooked meal prepared with care and attention by people who may or may not know each other, all with the goal of sharing together. And sometimes those new people jump right in and offer to chop or slice, stir or roll, and sometimes they hold off for a week or two, observing what goes on before feeling confident and comfortable enough to fully par participate. And that's okay. No one is ever told that they must participate, but we hope that they come around to it eventually. Tuesday nights are wonderful and amazing because they are grounded in love. Every person who attends wants to be in community with others, even if they've had a hard day. Global Dinner Club serves as a release from coursework and other concerns, allowing space to only focus on cooking and enjoying food with each other for a few hours. What is also amazing about Global Dinner Club is that it is antithetical to everything that the world wants me to believe about life in the United States at the moment. It is people from all different backgrounds and varying ages coming together with the only agenda of eating and getting to know each other. Attendees find points of commonality, for instance, a favorite television show or a class taken, and from there the conversation grows. Or they find points of difference. For example, idioms that are commonplace in American English need further explanation to make sense for non-native English speakers. As an aside, this week I realized how Western the term damsel in distress is and how hard it is to explain if you didn't grow up with fairy tales about castles and knights and dragons. While there are barriers we have to overcome in understanding each other sometimes, and while there are many possible outside forces that could prevent us from experiencing the joy of learning from others and growing in friendship, it is still possible. It gives me hope at a time when so much of our world seems to be in chaos. It reminds me that love is stronger than hate. Consuming food for nourishment is a basic human need for all human beings. But it becomes something so much more because it is shared. Eating together enables us to get to know one another. It is an intimate act. When I asked you to envision the best dinner you've ever attended, I bet it brought back particular memories about whom you shared it with and the emotions you felt during that time. Sharing a meal unifies those gathered around a table through telling stories, revealing oneself enough to find common ground, and leaving behind quarrels or divisions to enjoy. We may, at one time or another, have sat at a table with someone who sees the world differently than us, but we have been able to grow and learn from interacting with them over a meal. 
It is not the act of eating alone that brings us together, but the act of sharing in the experience of a meal, of conversation and eating, words and action that enable us to grow into community. In the lesson we heard this morning from Philippians, Paul urges the community of Christians in Philippi that they must be united, that they mustn't let infighting and quarreling divide them. They must act as servants to one another, acting in love toward one another. In order to share in the Spirit, they must be willing to be open and humble as Christ followers anticipating the needs of the other and looking toward the interests of the other before thinking of one's own self-interests. Living in community with others is difficult, and Paul knows this, but he emphasizes that one of the ways that the community in Philippi can come together is to let God be front and center in their minds as they go about interacting serving each other's needs as God acts through them to do so. A meal is a great place to put this into practice. Not only are we able to meet the physical needs of others by providing the sustenance offered through food, but we are able to provide the emotional and spiritual support of others through listening and offering parts of our own journeys with them. Extending hospitality to others is a part of our Christian heritage. And a meal can be that, just that, for those searching for it. Sharing a meal is a sacred act. Today we will share in a meal together in Holy Communion. Other religious traditions also share sacred meals. Every Friday our Jewish friends celebrate Shabbat. At the end of each fasting day during Ramadan, our Muslim brothers and sisters take a uh, break their fast by sharing in, in an iftar. In most worship practices within Hinduism, worshipers consume the prasad, the food which is first offered to and then ultimately blessed by the deities. Consuming food, especially together, is an important sacred activity within many religious traditions other than our own. But today, in a few moments, we will share in a particularly special and unifying meal in our worship service. The first Sunday of the month is always Communion Sunday here at Marsh Chapel, but today is an even more special day. Today we celebrate World Communion Sunday. This first Sunday in October is celebrated celebrated throughout the Christian world as a time when we intentionally recognize how all Christians are connected to one another through sharing the sacred meal of Holy Communion. Created in the early 20th century by the Presbyterian Church, the importance and popularity of World Communion Sunday grew during World War II, when the world appeared to be tearing itself apart with conflicts on many fronts. Christian ecumenicism, bringing together the the many of the mainline Protestant traditions and some of the Orthodox traditions, helped people find points of connection rather than being defined by the theological traditions that separated their individual Christian denominations. It resulted in the development of Christian-led reconciliation work in the face of ongoing conflict that continues to this day through organizations like the National Council of Churches and the World Council of Churches. Today, World Communion Sunday offers us a time to see how the body of Christ extends across the globe 
in many shapes and forms as a unified whole. While communing with individuals who claim different denominational affinities or none at all is not out of the ordinary for, he- for us here at Marsh Chapel as an interdenominational Protestant chapel, today we affirm the call to come together as one in this sacred meal, open to all who wish to partake. Our ritual of Holy Communion is not a full meal. At most, we usually get a bite of bread and a sip of wine or grape juice, but it stands for a bigger meal with a greater meaning for us. In preparation for today's sermon, I read Lutheran theologian and historian Martin Marty's The Lord's Supper. It's a small book, easy to read, designed for the everyday person. I highly suggest it if you're looking to learn more about how and why we do the things we do during communion. In it, Marty reminds the reader that we must keep in mind the greater context of what we are doing through the act of communion. He states, quote, The Lord's Supper is often called Holy Communion, a coming together of bread with body, wine with blood, God with creatures, and believers with one another. To realize through communion that one is a social human being who shares common miseries and joys is a benefit of this meal. It serves to lift a person beyond mere meanness. While we may come to church services looking to find something that will resonate with us individually, usually through a sermon or the prayers, we must also be reminded that the purpose of worship, and specifically communion, is to bring us together as a we. Not just as a we of people in one place, but a we of connection with all others, including God and the creation. Communion brings us back in touch with the earth to see the way God works through the world. Just like a regular meal we might have on a daily basis, communion also consists of words and action. And in order to be communion, it must have both. In the small catechism, the instruction booklet of faith for Lutherans, Martin Luther explains that communion is more than just eating and drinking. It is the combination of words shared and the action of eating and drinking that constitutes the sacred act of grace and forgiveness, which makes Holy Communion a sacrament rather than just another meal. In the words spoken by Jesus that we repeat during Holy Communion and the actions that we follow that he performed with the disciples, we are a part of the sacrament. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And after supper, he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we offer and receive, sharing these holy words, we are a part of the experience of the divine and are brought together as members of God's holy family. The meal we share in communion helps to feed our souls by offering us the grace of the divine and encouraging us to let that grace work through us in service of creating a more just and loving world. In coming together as a congregation, we open ourselves up to bear the burdens and serve the interests of others through sharing in the spirit with one another. 
Our task is to continue to extend the grace offered to us through our experience with Holy Communion by loving our neighbors and showing care for them. One way we might show care is by offering a meal or a place to rest to those who need it. Or maybe we might gather supplies for those experiencing loss, like our community-minded service group MOVE is doing for people in Texas and Florida and the Caribbean. If the intentions of our actions are grounded in faith, then we do much more than meet the physical needs of others. We also extend God's love into the world. We come together in worship to hear the gospel, bear each other's troubles, ask for forgiveness, receive God's grace, and go out into the world, living our lives being carried forward by the mind of Christ. Let us look for the ways in which we can all share in the spirit with others, especially those who are marginalized and oppressed, creating a community of understanding and support outside of this physical space and time. Let God work through us to bring forth justice and reconciliation in the world. Let us simply look up from our plates across the table to those sitting around us and share pieces of ourselves with others along with our meal. Amen.
Please be seated. Hello again. Just when you thought I was done talking, I have more to tell you. Uh, it's good things, all the wonderful things that are going on here at Marsh Chapel this week. As mentioned earlier, today is World Communion Sunday, and we invite all who wish to partake in this holy meal to come forward during the distribution of the elements. Wine will be served on the pulpit side, the side I'm standing on, and uh, grape juice will be served on the lectern side. A gluten-free option is also available, and a healing prayer station is available under the first set of stained glass windows on the pulpit side. After service today, we invite all of you to join us on the lower level of the chapel for our monthly potluck luncheon with food provided by members of the Marsh Chapel chapter. I think I just heard something about sharing a meal as a good place to connect with others, so maybe this is a good time to try that out. Uh, I believe Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett has an announcement he'd like to make from the music department. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, just a quick word of greeting and welcome to you. Uh, I wanted to say uh, a special word of greeting to my colleague and friend, Miguel Felipe, who conducted the first anthem this morning. Miguel lives in Hawaii, but he's here with us in Boston this year uh, as the acting director of choral activities in the School of Music. He has his doctoral degree from Boston University, and we're very happy to welcome him back this morning. Welcome, Miguel. He conducted a piece by the Filipino composer Ryan Kayapyab, and the next piece that we'll perform, um, I think, Miguel tells me, is a Boston premiere. This is only the second time Their God Is has been performed, the first time uh, for the 200th an 250th anniversary of the Yale Chapel. Uh, this piece by our good friend Dominic DiOrio sets a number of wonderful texts and very appropriate for International Sunday and World Communion Sunday. And we're delighted to welcome violin soloist Heidi Braunhill, who's our concertmaster from our collegium, to uh, play the solo in this morning's Boston premiere of There God Is. Thank you very much, Jess. Thank you, Scott. Um, we are excited to announce that yoga is back at Marsh Chapel. Mind, body, and spirit yoga will be offered on Thursday, starting this Thursday, October 5th, in Robinson Chapel on the lower level of Marsh Chapel from 5 to 6 p.m. This is an all-levels class open to anyone free of charge. Those interested are encouraged to bring their mat and, wa and a water bottle, although a small number of mats and props are available uh, for use on a first-come, first-served basis. And now with an announcement about stewardship efforts and membership here at Marsh, our Director of Hospitality, Heidi Fremenis Courts. Greetings and best wishes to you all. As you think through this autumn about your plans for charitable giving and planned giving, we commend to you the Ministry of Marsh Chapel. Your plans for tithing and giving to Marsh Chapel in 2018 may be registered on or before December 3rd, which is this year's Marsh Chapel Pledge Sunday. Pledge cards will be available starting October 15th. You may show your support by filling out a pledge card and placing it in the collection plate or by sending a pledge card to the chapel office. Additionally, you may pledge online at bu.edu slash chapel slash stewardship. If you are a radio listener and would like us to mail you a pledge card, please call the main office at 617-353-3560. October 22nd is New Member Sunday at Marsh Chapel. Those who would like to formally and publicly affiliate with the chapel and become members of the Marsh Chapel chapter are invited to do so at the conclusion of worship on October 22nd.
Membership at Marsh Chapel is not exclusive. You may affiliate and make Marsh Chapel your second church home, even if you belong to another church. Please feel free to be in touch with me, Heidi, about your stewardship or membership interests by calling the main office at 617-353-3560. One more time, that's 617-353-3560. Thank you. For all other news and events, we encourage you to visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel's website at bu.edu chapel. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
for the work before us, for the spirit around us, for the life within us we offer our thanks. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from one every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations, and today his family and all the world is joining at his holy table. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Thank you. 
cross. En una noche oscura, con ansias en amores inflamadas. Oh, dichosa ventura, salí sin ser notada, estando ya mi casa sosegada. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.